The governors uh, got together and said, look, let, let's play for a hog. Let's play for a pig. Gayuma meets row the boat. Gayuma meets row the boat. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the pod of Rosedale, a bronze pig full of fiery hot takes. I am Ben, along here with Eric. Eric, how you doing? Doing well, doing well. College football weekend over. Yep, week one in the books. Well, we'll get into your gophers, but overall feeling okay that the gophers were able to hang with Ohio State for, let's call it three quarters? Yeah, I mean, it, it was a, it was an interesting Interesting weekend for sure. The Gophers, at, you know, up at halftime looked great. A lot of bad things coming out of that game though, injury-wise and stuff. Oh yeah. But um, yeah, I think overall pretty impressive. Didn't get enough PJ Fleck on camera. You know, Hawkeyes dominant. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was a is exciting win. But uh, well, it's not all rainbows and sunshine with that that game i mean the, the offense leaves a lot to be sorry but we'll dive into that but before we get into uh our recap of gophers buckeyes and then hawkeyes hoosiers we just wanted to give a shout out to iowa farmer the commenter of the week uh your suggestion that we have a commenter of the week has been taken in stride and you have claimed the mantle from give eddie a beer um you were the only two commenters so congratulations uh, you've dethroned. Um, this is a, a shtick we're going to do for a while. We have nothing to give. We do just get a shout out on the podcast, but uh, leave a comment and you might be the commenter of the week. And uh, I would say our standards are incredibly and pitifully low. I mean, be a commenter and don't to say anything, no matter how inane, and just don't be Iowa former and give Eddie a beer and you will probably win this illustrious honor of being the commenter of the week. I was going to say that. There was another commenter, I think, on Twitter or something that suggested we should have a, a gopher fan on, on the podcast. Apparently, the this person didn't think I was a homer enough. Uh, maybe it was the PJ Fleck criticism. But um, well, here's the thing about real, authentic gopher fans. I mean, I, I do think you're a lot more indicative of what a gopher fan is like than people realize. I mean, there are the screaming lunatics who just see nothing but optimism and hope on the horizon, but. But the run of the milk over fan is just oh they're it's just not going to work out. Boy hey, those gophers, they sure aren't any good. Pretty eh? fair weather too. That's a pretty good, pretty good Minnesota accent there. Um, Oh yeah. But yeah, I think we're a little fair weather, and um, but I'd like to put it in perspective and realize that we were not going to destroy Ohio State, and I think anybody that came into the weekend as you know confident because i saw some stuff too that i think on some gopher website where like half of the panel picked the gophers to win it's like this that's lunacy i think like you're just not you just don't have perspective on college football if you really came into that game thinking the gophers were going to win yeah well fair enough you'd have to be pretty yeah well that ohio state team well so i i yeah that was well that was it was a pretty fun game from a relatively neutral perspective a lot happened. Um, yeah, those Gophers. I, it's it's tough to think you're going to beat Ohio State anytime. And 
14 point underdogs is pretty righteous for uh that's i mean that's a pretty massive upset but yeah and, and come you know half like i said halftime lead the crowd was fired up that was pretty cool to see how fired up the crowd was and you know coming out of halftime i i assume ohio state was pretty pretty scared and it was looking great but then you had the strip sack and you know ibrahim hurts his leg which is brutal I, I saw something on, I think it was on Twitter, where there was like somebody zoomed in on his leg on the play where he oh, planted, no. and you can Please see no. you you could literally see the, I think it was his Achilles tendon, you could kind of see it snap and like roll up in his leg, like right when he planted. So it was just good lord, it was disgusting. Pass. Yeah, it was yeah, disgusting. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah, he's out for the year. That's going to be a big loss for the Gophers. Uh, well, this yeah. will test my hypothesis, Eric, that they running back production is not that difficult to replace. If you're an optimist, if you're one of those Gopher fans that predicted the Gophers to beat the Buckeyes, you're probably telling yourself that this offensive line for the Gophers is great and they'll still be able to put up a lot of production. Because so you, you think up, plug in, you know, get rid of a, a second-team All-American and just not going to notice? Is that? I, I don't think theory? that, Eric. I don't think that. I think the running game is going to be a lot less effective. Um, I think that that's stretching my my take too far. Yeah. If the holes are wide open and they have to make zero choices about which hole to go into and making reads and patience and knowing how to follow blocks, sure. But Ibrahim was special and really great at reading the defense and figuring and out what to do. And he played great. He was shredding shredding the defense. We had yes. two touchdowns hundred over 150 yards like before he got hurt. No, he, he's, he was great. It, it's a loss. The Gophers are now a worse team because of his injury. The offense is less dangerous. No, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not so worried about the Gophers just giving it to Ibrahim for 30 carries and he just wears the defense down. I just think that's probably not going to happen with the backup running backs. So that that was huge. Uh, and Tanner Morgan, what were your thoughts? Were you disappointed? Shaky. I thought he looked really shaky. For three quarters, uh, I thought he was just straight up terrible. Yeah. He was at 1.6 for 14. Chucked it up a bunch of times that could have been picks. I mean, he was like, under pressure a lot, though. You know, I think if you give him some credit in that way, there, there was a lot of a lot of blitzes. He seemed to be constantly getting attacked at the line of scrimmage. But yeah, he, his reads didn't look right. He didn't look to be, you know, his accuracy looked off. I don't know for a guy Who who's you? been the starter for so long. You think he'd come out a little sharper? All right, Eric, so this is why I don't bet at all. I predicted 38-28. I thought the Gophers would score some points but would not be able to keep up with Ohio State's stellar offense. I don't think I was far off with that. But if I put money on this stupid game, I would have been watching the Gophers 14 points down and had to be really agitated when the refs didn't call targeting to give the Gophers a chance to get one last score in before the Buckeyes ran out the clock. Well, they did call it, right? But then they reversed it, right? Wasn't that the sequence? I don't remember if they called it or not. I, I don't even remember. I watched a fair amount of college football, and it's now some of it's bleeding together. But it seemed like targeting or a penalty at some – it should have been, but who knows? I'm not the expert on some things, but I, I would have had to actually be mad. Because it was right at the spread. It was a 14-point loss. Yes, yeah, you were almost spot on. It was very, very close. Uh, the Gophers, yeah, they, they they scored. They moved the ball. I mean, I was more impressed in the fourth quarter. The Gophers kept giving it the, the college try. The 
defense, the Gopher defense was a struggle, but I don't, I wouldn't read too much into that Gopher fans about how bad the defense was because I think this Ohio State offense is going to make better defense than the Gophers look terrible. Yeah. If they lose a game in the Big Ten, I think I would be surprised. Well, it's possible. They'll be better defensive lines. I was not super, like, impressed by C.J. Stroud overall. You know, that first half, he wasn't pressured much, and he was just bad. That's part of why the Gophers were leading, is he was just bad. He threw the terrible interception, and he missed guys. He wasn't under duress. He was just kind of rattled. In the second half, he settled in, but he would just sit back there for, like, five seconds and wait for Wilson or Olave to get wide open down the field, because who could cover those guys for very long? Almost nobody. And they just chuck it deep. And, like, it's just, okay. Yeah. He didn't have to make throws under pressure. If he was pressured, I think you could get him rattled. I think you could get some bad throws out of him and disrupt the timing. Just the Gophers weren't in a position to do that. And that first big running play, that was a big mess up by the run fits. Just lose and contain. That's that's something they can fix, you would hope. That's because that was too easy. Just like letting a guy run to the outside and not be hit at all. Or however many yards that running back ran for in the first touch. But, but yeah, yeah my, second half. Well, only other thought on the game was, um, you know, I I will be hard on PJ Fleck just because his whole thing, whole vibe rubs me the wrong way. But I like that fourth down call. I like the oh, sort yeah. of gun slinging, like, you know, you're probably not going to win this game. Like, just do it. And it paid off. I, I, I hope that's the kind of coach he is going forward. No, that's incredibly I, I like smart. That. No, that was totally the correct call. You can't just keep punting it back to his. I mean, you saw in the second half how ludicrously good Ohio State the offense was. Right. They scored 30, was it 35 points in the half. If they had done that in the first half, it would have been 70. I mean, they they once they got in sync, it was it was over. You just can't keep punting them back. And, hey, you know what? We need some high-variance plays. We need to take some risk. Oh, boo-hoo, if we don't get it, no big deal. Everybody expects us to get trounced anyway. No, it was, it was gutsy call, but it was the correct one. Give it to your stud, and, and Ibrahim just was fantastic. So, no, the, I think the offensive line did a pretty good job, relatively speaking, for how good. I know there was the strip sack, but I think they did a relatively good job for protecting Tanner Morgan. And there's some guys, there's some playmakers. That right guy, I think, is a pretty, pretty good wide receiver. They didn't have Outman Bell, and he was, he was out there making plays. So I, thought, I think there's a lot of reason to be optimistic. I think the Gophers still very much could win eight or nine games pretty easily, although, you know, who knows what the impact of the run game was, but. Ohio yeah. State's mostly just really great. I mean, that's the, the the offensive line and the wide receiver group are almost NFL ready. I mean, they're they're great, so they're going to make it very very difficult. So, yeah, my right. only other thought about the game itself was not related to the game, but the the pregame and the halftime uh, oh, broadcast, sure. the Fox panel. Oh my God, I, they Reggie Bush is all right. He's Reggie Bush is pretty good, and Matt Liner, I don't mind. He's he's okay. He adds points every now and then. But the one that just jumped out at me was your guy, Iowa's favorite son, Bob Stoops, was asleep for most of it. It seemed like, and his every time they cut to him, he'd say like one one of those just sort of platitudes that coaches say like, you know, momentum switching. I don't know. We'll see what happens. And then they would just cut away. Like they let him say one terrible sentence and then cut away. He was atrocious. So. I think he replaced, I can't remember who was the on the panel last year, but he replaced somebody, another coach, and he was just bad. I'm impressed that you even watched that, Eric. That just does not seem like the kind of thing you'd watch. 
Well, he did the, they did the halftime, too. So they did the pregame and then the halftime. But even though, so, I, I went, during halftime, I'm like, I got to do something else. I cannot hear what any of these clowns say. I mean, you say Matt Leinart. And, I mean, I, it's nothing but cliched trash from just about any halftime show. Nobody says anything interesting. It's all, I think, pretty dull. Like, well, I it's funny because there was some, like, some on the online community <laughs> kind of joked around that he might have been drunk already, <laughs> Bob well, Stoops, which, you know, you know, whatever. But he was he's a Hayden Fry guy, right? Bob Stoops? Yes, and you do know, Eric, he well, there was a lot of disappointment when Hayden Fry's last year was ninety-eight, and everybody thought that Iowa was gonna hire Bob Stoops Stoops and bring him back. And they ended up going with Kirk Ferentz uh, instead. And everybody was dodged a bullet there. You think so? <laughs> yes, I do. Although well, he said wasn't he in Oklahoma for a while? He's had success. He just yeah, he was in Oklahoma for like a decade or something. I don't know how long it was, but he won a national title. I, not a good TV personality. Well, okay. Upgrade. Kirk, I mean, what coach would be a, would PJ? Who would be a good t- coach that's a TV personality? It's I I don't know if that exists. Well, yeah, because like Bill Cowher on he does like the NFL stuff. I don't think he's very good either. There aren't. You're right. There aren't a lot of coaches that turn out to be good. TV analyst. Jimmy Johnson's like who, okay. You'd need somebody who's like quirky and weird and can be funny. How many coaches are actually funny? Like Denny Bill Green, Belichick. Denny Green would have been good. Okay. Like Bill Belichick could be really dry and funny potentially if he wanted to, but he would never want to do something so stupid. I I think being on a halftime show would just would annoy him. So I don't think there's anybody who who would nobody would be entertaining. Would your guy uh, Mike Zimmer be any good at a halftime <laughs> show? He might. He'd, he'd be pretty stern. But again, the, the coaches—they just never say anything insightful. It's always just these same, like, you know, those who, see who plays the hardest in the second half will win the game. And it's like, yeah, okay, thanks for that. <laughs> They've Great been conditioned insight. to say nothing of substance their entire lives as coaches. In all their interactions with the media, the job is to just say absolutely nothing of substance. They're not going to be you, like, hey, you yeah. I think they would know like better than anyone else, like exact what sort of adjustments or you know all, all the real real nitty gritty stuff that maybe I wouldn't notice watching the game. You think they would be able to pick up on it? But it seems like a lot of these coaches don't even want to be there, and they don't they don't really sure. have anything to say. Because they did the Wisconsin game too, I think, right? The Penn State Wisconsin game on Saturday, and it's the same thing. It's just like. What is Bob Suits awake? Like, what are they doing? I don't understand. But uh, Wisconsin losing was pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Well, everything broke Iowa. Well, that'll be a nice segue. Everything, pretty much everything broke Iowa's way Saturday. Northwestern lost. Nebraska lost last week. Wisconsin lost. Um, who's the other one? Another Big Ten West team lost. Um but anybody that you would – oh, Minnesota, you're, you're gophers. I'm not thinking about them that way, but yes. Those, all, the, all the Big Ten West teams that were hosting Big Ten East teams lost except Iowa. And the Nebraska lost to Illinois last week. So it went really well. Iowa's game up in the Big Ten uh, one weekend on all those teams. So that's huge. So they can stumble a couple of times against teams that aren't Wisconsin in the Big Ten and, and have a shot. I mean, really, if they beat Wisconsin, who I think is easily their the, – the, their defense is going to be incredible. They have offensive problems, but Wisconsin's the biggest, biggest hurdle to Iowa winning the Big Ten West. Um, so if they beat Wisconsin. I think they'll be good because you know, they screwed twice. So no, it was a huge weekend. What a 
insane joy hand blasting for the Hawkeyes. Just utterly ludicrous. It was just the stars aligned. Mike Penix was terrible. P- Penix. Penix. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, Penix, Penix. The, you say the Penix, battle say. of the phallic names on on Saturday. Oh yeah. Petrus well, and Penix going at it. Yes. Two P's dueling out against two D's. Uh, sure. But but Penix, I don't I don't remember which one. No, I know I said it. I I, I heard the broadcast that I was had been pronouncing it as much as I was doing a bit. I was actually pronouncing it incorrectly. But now I can't. Oh, it is, which Pen- is Penix. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's Penix, I think. <laughs> Phoenix is what I was saying for the bit last week, but Penix, I think, was what everybody was saying. Either way, I wasn't. I was not impressed with him. Penix was very flaccid. Yeah, I mean, some of that was Iowa's defense being great, but he also lost his mind on some of those plays. It's like I don't know what you're seeing. I don't know what's going on in your head. The third yeah, intercept. My, my wife, you know, number one Iowa fan. My wife, she she mentioned a few times that it seemed like he was like disinterested in the game, which there were a few plays where it was like he seemed like he wasn't even trying. Yeah, it was bizarre. So tinfoil hat, I'm I'm not convinced he was 100% healthy. First of all, I'm not I'm not sold that he was actually up to speed. He seemed a little anxious about taking shots. There was one time he had the ball on the right hand side. It was like a I don't know if it was just a design keeper or what. He was going to scramble, but he slid one yard behind the line of scrimmage because I think he was so disinterested in taking a hit. Yeah, maybe vibes of Bradford back in the Vikings days. <laughs> just don't get game. injured. We're just like I. Mm, yeah. mm, I'm just tepid. But the third interception he threw was like he threw it to a guy who wasn't looking. I mean, the guy was blocking Iowa's defender, Dane Belt. The, the Indiana receiver was blocking him, and he threw it to a guy who wasn't looking. And so, of course, the Iowa defender who was looking, like, went up and made a play. It's like, what are you, what are you hoping to achieve? He, it didn't make sense. And then he just looked like he was trying to add to his interception total in the second half. I mean, Iowa could have had double the amount of interceptions. There's three or four that were dropped, one that was called back because of a penalty. He was, it was rough. It was a rough outing for him. But nonetheless, I think Iowa's defense, I am totally sold, full on head over heels in love with Iowa's defense. They're going to be great. Is Moss, like, two pick six in one game, like, that doesn't happen often. Is he supposed to be, like, a really good defender? Well, there's some, some debate. He lost coverage a couple of times last year. Some people have been hard on him, but I think, they're judging, first of all, by a really high standard. Iowa's had perpetually good defensive backs since Phil Parker's taken over, so they're just incredibly great. Uh, he's apparently maybe, according to some, the fastest guy on the team, but Iowa's loaded in the secondary. Matt Hankins is great. They just have talent. You know, Meriwether's great. Dane Belton's great. All the secondary is just filled with super talented guys, and they're really great. There's a great transfer that's not even getting to see the field much because there's too much talent. But that was that second pick. That was some high level shit. I think somebody I saw somebody made the comment that it was Deion Sanders shit. And it was. I mean, he baited uh, Penix into that throw and he just sat back, waited for Read it the he, whole way. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I've seen this play on film yep. waiting for it. Oh, here it comes. Gone. Like I can take this risk because we're up 18 points. And then just that was that was the last time I was slightly worried about Iowa losing. It's like, all right, that's done. That's that's it. Game's over. 23 this this indiana team is not coming back so the the defense is it's all roses and sunshine with the, the hawkeye defense they're going to keep iowa in every single game on their schedule i don't think there's that many so iowa state's probably the single best uh offense that 
Iowa has left on their schedule. I don't think, and then after that, I don't know if it's Minnesota or Penn State. I don't know who you'd say the next best offense that Iowa has to play. But I'm I'm sold on the defense. Keep an Iowa in every single game here on out. It'll keep Iowa from getting blown out as long as it's not a bunch of turnovers by the offense. But Eric, the offense, it, it does, when you win 34 to six, it's stuff that you gloss over. But the offense was kind of bad. Iowa's offense was kind of terrible. You got 17 points basically from the defense, and then the offense scores 17 points. They get one super sexy run on the front end based on busted contain, and then they can't run the ball after that. And then there's the debate, Spencer Petrus. What did you see from Spencer Petrus on Saturday? The same same thing from last year, you know, nothing impressive. But, you know, all the Iowa quarterbacks are like that. It seems like they're never asked to do much of anything. It's just sort of don't lose the game. It's kind of like Ben Roethlisberger a few years ago where it was just just hardly passing. They're just let the defense win the game. Um, it just they don't ask much of him. Maybe that's because he's not very good. I don't know. But um, Also, but here's got- the numbers. 13 uh, completions on 27 attempts for 145 yards. Yeah, but you're up in the second quarter. They, the game was over. Like, do you, what do you need from him after that? You're the worry the isn't about off. the specific game. The worry is is there's going to be games where Iowa's going to need him to play better than that to win. That's the that's the worry. That's the thing. And and I'm just telling you, every Iowa fan's mind. You know, next week I think is going to be an incredibly close game. If really. I, Iowa has the ball. Yes, we'll we'll talk about it. But Iowa, Iowa has the ball. They're down four. They need a touchdown or the tie. And they need to get a field goal. They don't have time to run or be balanced. Can he be the guy that leads Iowa into the field range? Uh, can he pull off the close wins? That's the wacky shit in all of our brains that we're thinking about. So no, it, it didn't matter at all because the defense. But you're not going to get 14 points off of two picks every week. You're not going to get spot spot the offense an extra 14 to 17 points every week. So when that Yeah, happens, and then not let up a touchdown either, like you're right. And that's probably not going to happen. If you if you if you take away the 17 points that the defense set up or even if you just take away the 14 that the def, that on on the two pick sixes. I mean it's 20 to 6, which it's a blowout because the defense is great, but 20 points is a very low amount in 2021 college football. Iowa had 300 yards of offense. Indiana, as bad as they were, had 230. Only an Iowa fan can come out of that game and be disappointed. That's crazy. I'm not disappointed. I'm just asking the question. Well, well I'm not disappointed at all. It was a an impressive win. I'm I'm utterly head over heels over the on the defense. I was not worried about the defensive line at all. I love the eight nine man rotation. I think it's going to go really really well. For 2021. I mean, they might have one or two games where they struggle, but they control the line of scrimmage. I love it that they have a, a battalion of dudes that are going to come in and get reps and be super energized. The goal, Eric, I know you think we're all spoiled, entitled crybabies who aren't appreciating how great their team is, but the goal is to win a Big Ten West title. You just Can you do it with, with Spencer Petrus? Um, you know, it's the second he rolls out, it's like, all right, play's over. 
If has he, he ever had a game where he, you know, lights it up, 300 yards, four touchdowns? Has that ever happened in his career? No. Uh, he's had a couple of halves where he's really good. Uh, he had hit on a couple of two or three deep bombs against Wisconsin last year that were really sexy throws. And, you know, if you're in the – and I'm, I'm ultimately in the – I think he's fine, and I think he is getting a little bit better, albeit not a ton better. And he's not ever going to be – he's going to be, at, you know, best the, the ceiling is a game manager type who isn't asked to do too much. And he didn't throw any interceptions and had very few just overall boneheaded plays. But if you're, you're doing that, he can't throw on the run. That happens. He had a couple of series where he looks like he's completely lost his mind. But there were three or four wide receiver drops on throws that I think were very catchable and should have been caught, which would have made those numbers better. I mean, if you add three more receptions for another – 40 yards, that's 16 for 30, and now you're at least above a 50% completion percentage. So I think he's getting better, but that's the worry. I mean, I think that's the, the biggest anxiety in all of our, our minds. But this defense, just something else. I'll have to see against Iowa State. But all right. I don't think I have much more to say about the Iowa game, Eric. I think defense, great. Offense, just enough or okay. Uh We'll have to wait and see. I mean, Indiana does have a legit defense, but Penn State looms. Wisconsin looms. Iowa State has a great defense. We'll have to see how they do. But I think there's going to be some ugly low-scoring, just bore fest from in Iowa's future. Well, yeah. I mean, just the last thing, just overall, Indiana was ranked ahead of Iowa. Like, they were – they probably should have won that game, you know, in the, just sort of the eyes of the rankings. I know Iowa's at home, but you give a few points to the home team. Uh, maybe it was the crowd. Maybe it was the you know first game back at Kinnick. Um, but it, it, they did not look like teams that were anywhere comparable to each other on Saturday. That's true. I mean, I, and everything broke Iowa's way. Phoenix, Phoenix, either way, couldn't have had a worse game. I mean, it was it was mind-bogglingly bad. But the secondary is all over the place. I mean, the, the defense, Iowa's defense is is elite. It's, it's like potentially you know a top ten in the country kind of unit. I think, based on one data point. So did, we'll see. Did you sh- uh, shed a tear when the wave started? Did you just start bawling? Uh, it, it's cool to see. Uh, I definitely like seeing it, but I'm you know I'm not much of a crier. I'm pretty cynical and jaded and dead inside. So no, I, don't, I don't cry. I also got excited seeing jump around again. It's okay to let it out. Did you, you cry? Did your wife cry? <laughs> no, no. Oh, the, okay. the announcers you got them. They were seemed to get emotional over seeing it. Well, they. I mean, they know where their bread is buttered. Ah, uh, so that's all good. But no, it's it's it is awesome. It's a genuine. It's a cool. Yeah. Game. I don't mean but, it's a cool tradition. Anyone listen to this that's gonna you know trash on me? I, it is cool. It is a cool tradition. <laughs> I don't mean to make light of waving at. Please you don't know, send sick Eric people. death threats and tell him that he hates. <laughs> He hates sick children in the hospital. Yeah. Please, On please the stay. record. Okay. Uh, yeah, my and my crew is it's not even criticism. I just I don't I don't care much about the announcers plugging stuff. That's their job. I just don't believe it. I'm too cynical to believe that it's all that sincere. Maybe it is. I don't know. But all right, we got we got a couple of games to preview. Let's crank out your Gophers next matchup because that's going to be short and sweet. Your beloved Gophers. They're taking on Miami of Ohio. They are currently 19 and a half point favorites. 
Is there any reason to think Miami of Ohio is going to upset the Gophers at home? I, I would not think so. <laughs> they should certainly win this game without trying. Uh, so it looks like Miami of Ohio, they only played a few games last year because I think they had a bunch canceled. must have been COVID-related. Um, but, yeah, they, they should certainly win this game uh, going away. I, I don't have a lot to add. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, with the injuries. I, I don't know if um, Ottman Bell is going to play or not. With Ibrahim done, like you're saying, to just plug in a new guy and maybe be just as dominant with a good offensive line. Well, um, it shouldn't matter this game. If you know the loss of Ibrahim's not shouldn't be felt, shouldn't make him unlikely to be able to beat Miami Ohio. I would say it should shouldn't matter against a team that's overmatched. Right. Miami Ohio, they got annihilated by Cincinnati, uh, you know, eighth ranked Cincinnati last week, 49 to 14. So I think the Gophers can pretty easily win this one. 35-17, something like that. I mean, it's a game they have to win. If you know you want to be a respectable program, you got to win this sort of game. Yes, if you if the Gophers lose to Miami, Ohio, uh, pitchforks will come out. People will will get off their fishing boats. They'll put away their lutefish and their cheese curds, and they will start screaming for PJ Flexhead for sure. If the Gophers lose, I don't think they will. Though. I think they are totally set to get a nice breezy win. Yep. Good blowout. Good blowout win. Yep. Just a palate cleanser after Ohio State. And then you know, apparently another blowout easy win the next week when they go to Colorado to take on the Buffaloes. But well, they're, they're, I'm jumping ahead here. All right. So I also think the Gophers are going to win. I don't really have anything else to say. I have no analysis. This is just a boring Mac win that should happen. So now the main event here. Your Hawkeyes, Eric, your Hawkeyes, because <laughs> we all know you secretly love the Hawkeyes and hate the Gophers. Number one fan. You, you have to pretend because you're you know, born in St. Paul, so you have to act like you give a shit. You love the Hawkeyes. Traveling. I did actually trip. go to the University of Minnesota, too. So. Is this for real or is this, is this just, can you back up this claim at all? No, I, I, I have a diploma. I could, I could fax right. it to you. I'll get you on my fax to. machine. Might need to. I, I'm I'm not totally convinced that you didn't secretly just drive down to Iowa games in the early aughts to witness greatness. I have that? been to Kinnick more than I've been to what Huntington Bank Stadium, wherever wherever the hell it's called now. Yeah, Huntington Bank. And I, I saw on a billboard that it was Huntington Bank acquired TCF Bank, which is why the name's changing. I guess it was just corporate merger nonsense, which is why it's becoming Huntington Bank. So. All those TCF banks you see are going to become Huntington's. Can still call it a bank, the bank though, I guess. I, I call it whatever you like. Can, can we still call it Kinnick North? Well, well, they named the field though, right? At Kinnick, isn't yeah? Isn't the field have any? Yeah, an old legend who's long since deserved recognition. So yes, it's called Duke Slater Field. I don't know if they call it Duke Slater Field at Historic Kinnick Stadium. I don't know if that's the the full name, but yes, that's a mouthful. It is. It probably is, but I'm guessing that's what it is. Duke Slater. Welcome to Duke Slater Field at Historic Kinnick Stadium. Just remember, they've had the same announcer since I went to school there. Um, the exact same guy. I can just hear it in his voice. But all right, your Hawkeyes. Let's get the ship back on the shore. Your Hawkeyes taking a couple-hour bus ride to go to Ames to take on the Cyclones of Iowa State. Is your wife stoked about all this? Is she jazzed for this game? Oh yeah, yep, super pumped. 
Although they just squeaked by you and I, right? Yeah, it was a six point win. They were like thirty one point favorites. They won sixteen to ten. Yep. But yeah, it's always a good game, right? Iowa, Iowa State, it's always close. I remember a few years ago there was you know, was there an overtime game, went back and forth, so it'll be a close game, right? Uh, that's what I'm I would predict, but it's it's the weirdest thing. I, I had trouble when I was up in Minnesota, Eric, I could never really nobody ever seems to grasp or care. I mean, they, they seem kind of befuddled that Iowa and Iowa State were two different teams. There were were two major college football teams in Iowa, which is weird. It doesn't make sense. It's such a weird border thing. It's so intense here in Iowa, and then it just does not translate anywhere else. It's hard to explain why, how much it matters to folks, but it's like, it's very bizarre because there's just a lot of intermingling, right? Like, so in the Twin Cities, there are some some Badger fans and some Packer fans, right? There are some transplants from Wisconsin in the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But They come here to find prosperity. Well, okay. Yes. <laughs> I, I remember one of the first times I said I used to think before I moved to Minnesota that Minnesota and Wisconsin were basically like the same state. And I got like yelled at by some random person at a bar who told me how insane this was and how much better Minnesota was than Wisconsin. So, yes, I got the vibe sure. that uh, that Minnesota is, is you know, the, the nice, the high-end version of Wisconsin. No, okay, transplants. So you have people there, but they are very much on your turf. Twin Cities is obviously Viking and Gopher country. And they're there, but, you know, you probably don't have hardly any family members who are Badger fans or Packer fans. Probably doesn't happen very often to a lot of folks in Minnesota. Probably occasionally that happens. But in Iowa, it's all intermingled all the time. And since Iowa and Iowa City are the only games in town, it's intense. A lot of people's personality gets tied to the game. Like, my first memories of Iowa Iowa State aren't actually of the game. It's of getting shit from my uncle uh about iowa state beating iowa and i don't know how well you know the recent history eric but between 1982 and 1997 iowa beat iowa state for 15 straight years iowa just owned the series it was a decade and a half then paid for his last year iowa sucks and then you know there's the transition of kirk and there was five straight years of iowa state winning finally after that 15. So I don't like I didn't realize at the time I was too young, but like my uncle was of course dealing with having gotten shit from Hawkeye fans for a, a decade and a half, and here it was some like 13 year old who doesn't know anything who's a Hawkeye fan. There's lots of pent up frustration that gets unloaded, but I just remember being like, what do I do? I didn't do anything. I'm sorry, I'm a Hawkeye fan. I didn't talk shit to you, but that's like my first memory because it's like you're in school together, you're working together, families are like split and people care a lot because you know how obsessed people are with football in the state of Iowa. So it's very, very bizarre. And this is there about, like a, like a line of demarcation on like where you're a Hawkeye fan, like where you're, where you live or is like Des Moines more Iowa state country than South of that. How, how does it break down or does it not make any difference? In Des Moines, I don't know if there is much of a difference. Iowa has historically been better, so the people who are kind of neutral about it probably gravitate more towards Iowa because they've just been more successful for longer. So Iowa probably has the edge there, but it's just because they, for a long time, Iowa State was just straight up terrible. For, you know, decades, they were just bad and bad, bad. 
So more people were Iowa fans than Iowa State fans for that reason. And one of my favorite insults is the supposedly trash talk. Do you know what um, Iowa State fans and Iowa fans have in common? Eric, do you know? I don't. Neither one went to the University of Iowa. <laughs> Joke is that there's also people who didn't go to college or didn't go to college at the University of Iowa were Hawkeye fans, which may be true, but it's but fairly. Th- nice. No, but it is true because, like, in Minnesota, there are so many Hawkeye fans. I, I rarely meet someone here that's like, you know, go Cyclones. Like, that seems so rare to me that anybody's an Iowa State fan, and it's closer. That's oh, the yeah. part that always blows my mind. Like, Ames is so much closer than Iowa City, but people that live in the Twin Cities that come from Iowa, they're always Iowa University of Iowa fans. Yeah, I don't know if there's an Iowa State bar in the Twin Cities. So, like, the Loop is the Hawkeye where folks go to watch Hawkeye games in the Twin Cities. I don't know if there's an Iowa State equivalent of that in the Twin Cities. There might be. Yeah, I mean, I, see them, I would see them occasionally, but definitely more Iowa than Iowa State. But... Yeah, I mean, at that point, yeah, it would. It, it's been a Hawkeye state for a long time, but it's probably changing because Iowa State's a lot, a lot better now. Uh, but it's really like Ames, of course, is where Iowa State center. You know, that's where the the biggest hive of Iowa State fans is. But then it then it just varies. But it's it's there's not a clear demarcation. Des Moines pretty split, I would say, based on my anecdote. But you know, my family was split. It was like I had some cousins that were on the Hawkeye side. Some of them on our state side. My dad's side it was the split. A couple that went to Iowa. I think three that went to Iowa State. So it was just. But there's old. like legit bad blood, right? Like. Oh, there's a lot I of mean, resentment. Oh yeah, it's. When the, like Saturday, it, it'll be it'll be heated. Oh, it, this the whole well not the whole state, but a lot of I mean people are going to be just shutting down watching the game, and, and this is about as high stakes one as I can remember. There might have been a higher stakes one at some point in the history of the game, but there are going to be two top 15 teams playing. It's on game day. Iowa State's expected to, you know, contend for a Big 12 title and possibly make the college football playoff, and they're stacked, and they're returning, like, loads of dudes. I think it's, like, 19 out of 22 starters or 18 out of 22 starters from last year and back. So they, they're expected to do really well, and, and Iowa just came off of demolishing another ranked team, you know, 28-point victory over that so it's it's going to be hyped it's it's people are going to be really really into it but it's weird i don't work in an you know i don't i don't have to go into an office anymore the stakes would be a lot higher if i were working somewhere in central iowa because there would inevitably be iowa state fans that would just talk trash that i you don't even know like i'm not even friends with you why are you giving me shit but that will happen and likewise for them i mean they're hawkeye fans that will give them shit if they lose it's it's a big deal. It's very intense. Yes, people get really worked up about it. And but you got the ESPN crew, right? So it's college college game day, right? Oh yeah, stakes are very very high. Um, a lot of national attention on it. I was surprised. I thought it was going to be Ohio State hosting Oregon. I thought that was going to be the game day where they go. They love promoting the Buckeyes, but they decided to do because then it was Iowa, Iowa State two years ago was also on game day. But I thought they would skip over that just because it was a couple of years ago but now they're gonna they're gonna give it the game day treatment i saw isn't iowa state wearing their like all black jerseys too i people get into this jersey stuff but obviously i i am aesthetically stupid i have you've seen me dress before eric uh i have no conception about uniforms and 
first what's and what makes it's sense. funny i i never used to care about that but pj that's the thing pj fleck i think is brought to the gophers like they have they have sort of an identity. I don't think they wear the same uniform more than once throughout the season. So it's like every game is a different jersey. They have these like weird the the actually the jerseys on Thursday night I thought were great, but uh, I, I, it's not something I ever noticed really until PJ Fleck. But um, I did see that I think it's like a blackout in I that in Iowa State. That would make sense. I, it makes it makes sense to do different jerseys. From a branding perspective, a lot of people get into it. I'm just not one of them. You know, like, I, I get why PG Fleck would want to do it. He's young and, and hip and in tune with trying to, like, make it fun. That stuff people do care about and commenting and deciding on. But I don't care. We're black. I don't care. I or whatever. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, I, I rarely notice. Unless it's really garish or, or really, really stands out in a bad way. Just whatever. Far more fixated on the game and how that's going to go. So Petrus is just going to be throwing lightning bolts out there and six touchdowns in the air. He's going to look great. I, that'd be lovely, but no, it's it's. I think it's going to be painful to watch. It's going to be really painful to watch. So, uh, yeah, let's just dive into. It. Let's get into the actual game here. I, you, I, I don't tell me who you're picking yet, Eric. But there's a lot to be worried about. So here's where if you go like unit by unit, there's some spots where it's close. There are some spots like Iowa's secondary is great. I'd probably take it over Iowa State, but Iowa State also has an excellent secondary. Linebackers. I also love Iowa's linebackers. Iowa State might be a smidgen better, but we're, we're, we're splitting hairs. Iowa State does have a really, really great defensive end who's going to probably win the, you know, get the all-time sack record at Iowa State this year. They've got some studs on defensive line. The defensive line is better, but I think Iowa's defensive line is pretty good. I'm, I'm sold on Iowa's defensive line. I say probably has a better offensive line. Again, you know, I like Iowa's offensive line, but I'll give the edge to Iowa State. I'll also give the edge to, to Brees Hall versus Tyler Goodson, although I think Tyler Goodson's incredible, and I don't think I don't think Iowa State's offense would miss a beat if Tyler Goodson were playing for Iowa State. It's not, it wouldn't really be a downgrade. But the one spot where there's this massive gap, where it's not close in terms of talent, one where it's just clear that Iowa State has a huge advantage. It's not it's not a small it's just massive. Is Brock Purdy versus Spencer Petrus. That is a massive, massive gap. Brock Purdy is an excellent quarterback. I mean, we're I guess your your belief is that we're not being grateful enough about the game, but that Spencer Petrus is basically a serviceable quarterback. And that's a world of difference. If Brock Purdy has the ball and Iowa State's down four and they've got to get a score, I'm going to be really worried. Well, I mean, Petrus has never shown that he's anything other than that. But he, this is really only his second year as a starter, right? So he, he hasn't had a – and last year is whatever you want to call it. It was a kind of a crazy season. Um, so maybe he, maybe he can be more than that. He's just never shown it, right? That's very possible. We haven't seen that. And if he had a great game, this would be he'd be able to start weaving his name into Hawkeye legend. Be able to have just a dynamite game and, and either blow Iowa State out or come back with a historic drive to to win the game. I mean that's that would be the stuff of legend. Beating a top ten Iowa State team at home at, in their house that that would be the stuff of legend. I don't think even the most rose-colored glasses wearing Hawkeye fan thinks that's likely to happen, but. 
who knows? But that's the that's the biggest gap between these two teams. I mean, I, I think it's there's a lot of pushes or we're splitting hairs over which unit is better. And then there's quarterback versus quarterback. And there's nobody with a straight face can say Petrus is anywhere near as good as Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. I mean, neither did Penix, but you know, Iowa would need a lot of turnovers to to really be able to dominate or for me to feel comfortable that Iowa's gonna win. Brock Purdy takes care of the ball and he can run a little bit. It's not his first go-to, but he has that in his tank. So I don't know. Um, that's where that's what I'm worried about. And, and Matt Campbell, great coach, has never beaten Iowa. I don't know, did you know this? I did not. So that's another one of those X factors. Like nobody knows how long Matt Campbell's gonna stay at Iowa State. Some think he's gonna stay for a while, some think he'll move on. He, apparently he turned down a ton of money to go be the Detroit Lions or some other NFL team's head coach. You know, he could have he could have taken that opportunity, he didn't. But he's never beaten Iowa. This is one of those years where he's he's gonna pull out all the stops and try to get the win. And it's just tough to see Iowa get the breaks on the road against a very dynamic Iowa State team. I didn't really give the rundown, uh, and I guess I'm, I'm not going to because I, I think we all know Iowa State's returning back a ton of skilled players, a ton of talent all over the field. So and just, why did they just, like, sneak by? Uh, uh, is you and I even a Division One team? Like, All right, so before we get sniffy about that, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring up some Iowa history that uh, you know, we should all probably – Take it the great salt. So in 2009, Iowa played UNI. I don't remember if Iowa was ranked or not. They might have ranked like 22nd or something. I don't know. It was a very, very close game. Iowa had like a less than three-point lead. UNI drove the ball downfield to, uh, you know, kick a game-winning field goal. Iowa blocks. I mean, this is like four seconds left in the game, five seconds left in the game. Iowa blocks the field goal. The ball sits there, and they don't do anything with it, and the play is blown dead. The kick happened on third down. There's one second left on the clock, so you and I gets to kick the ball again. They get a second shot. According to the rules, they get another shot because nobody picked it up. Uh, the clock stopped. They can take a second consecutive attempt at a game-winning field goal. Iowa blocks it again. Back I think back, I remember that. Yeah. Blocked field goals. Barely squeaked by you and I. Who hadn't beaten Iowa in like 100 years or something. I think it might have been the 19th century the last time you and I beat Iowa. That year, Iowa went on to go 9-0, and and they lost Stanzi uh, in a Northwestern game that folks are going to remember for a long time because he went out with an injury early on, and then Iowa never quite recovered. But then they went and they just clobbered Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl that year. So I don't think UNI is an in-state team. <clears throat> they have a huge chip on their shoulder. They play Iowa and Iowa State fairly regularly. Mark Farley's their coach. They're pretty good. So Iowa State's been upset by UNI before. They play tight games with UNI before. It really isn't a big shocker, and I don't view that as all of a sudden Iowa State sucks. Iowa State also lost their season opener last year by 10 points to, I think, Louisiana, who turned out to be a pretty good team. But then they went on to almost win the Big 12 last year. So I don't take too much away. I think it was a little bit of a trap game for them. I think they were thinking about this Iowa game. They maybe didn't put as much game planning and energy and thought you and I would maybe keel over a little bit. And you and I gave the game. But I don't, I don't view too much into that, personally. I think it's going to be a very close 
low scoring affair. I don't think Goodson's going to be able to run because I think Iowa State's just going to crash hard in the running plays. And I just don't have confidence in Peters being able to consistently throw the ball downfield. I mean, Iowa didn't have, only had one really successful drive, and it was the touchdown drive last week against, you know, Indiana, and it required a fourth down conversion. They only got by, like, a couple of inches. It wasn't mind-blowing. At no point did they look dominant over Indiana's defense. I do think Iowa State probably has a better overall defense than Indiana. So I see it being some gross, like, 20 to 17, 17-14. Teams are going to struggle to move the ball, and as long as, you know, the big plays are what are kind of decided, turnovers will be huge. If Spencer Peach just sort of turns the ball over, that's it. Game over, man. Game over, man. So who you got? Is that your prediction? Oh, I would say with I, a pick, I, Iowa State I was, wins? I'd say let's go with Iowa State. So the line is... Like four or something, three and a half. It's kind of oscillating. Um, I would. So my pick would be, let's say Iowa State twenty-three, Iowa seventeen, and that's okay. I'm kind of at peace with it overall. I, if I had to pick winning the Indiana game versus winning the Iowa State game, I would have picked the Indiana game ten times out of ten. Or you might say every single day of the week and twice on Sunday. I would pick Iowa to beat Indiana over Iowa State. Some people like to talk like that. I don't know. Uh, because it just matters way more for the Big Ten West. And I don't think Iowa's going to ultimately be competing for a national title. I mean, you know, Iowa wins is great. They get a top 10 road win. and But I don't think they're going to go undefeated and make a possible playoff. I think that's unrealistic. They have too many question marks on their offense to think that's plausible. So the win against Indiana is a huge step towards, you know, their prospects of winning the Big Ten West. Winning Iowa State would be beating Iowa State would be fun, and it get the hype train would go completely. It would be nuts. The the full on hype machine would be unreal if Iowa were to beat Iowa State. But I think Iowa State once is going to want it more. They've got the better quarterback. The breaks are often going to go their way, and they're going to pull away the win. Who do you have? I would flip it. I think the Hawkeyes win by you know field goal. Maybe a couple field goals. So, like, what would you say? twenty? You said 23-17, something like that? For Iowa, in Iowa State's favor, yes. Yeah, I, I'd flip it. I think the Hawkeyes win about 23-17. Are you just trying to curry favor with those Hawkeye listeners, Eric? Is this what you're doing right now? No, no I, I honestly, the fact that they snuck by you and I, which, like I said, they are not even, they're like a one AAA yeah. team, aren't they, right? They're not even in... Correct. They're whatever it is. It's like FBS, FDS, yeah, or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Barely snuck by. And the Hawkeyes dominated a team that was ranked ahead of them. Um, I, it, so here's my question. So it's in Ames, but do they do they let Hawkeye fans in? Do there's just like the one Hawkeye section that'll be there? Or will it be split? Will it be half, you know, will the stadium kind of be half Hawkeyes? It half? won't be split. It'll be, I mean... Something correct me. It might be 75 or 80 percent Iowa State and 20, 25 Iowa fans, maybe something like that. Certainly a, a, a strong majority, but you you will be able to hear the Iowa fans when good Iowa plays happen. But sorry, Iowa State will have most of the fans there. No, they'll let Iowa fans in. I mean, some some Iowa State fans will like just charge high ticket prices. I'm sure the ticket price for this game are 
are going way up. So here's some who are like, I don't even care about the game that much. I just want to make a buck. I don't care if it's a Hawkeye fan or not. All right. You're you're pandering to the listeners of Go Iowa Awesome. I thought they looked great. But can so, you yeah. honestly say you thought the off Iowa's offense looked great? Could you say that with a straight face? You thought no, Iowa's no. Offense? I mean, they didn't have any great play. The running game was pretty good. No, um, only good on one play, which was a, a mistake by Indiana. But again, which like three and a half yards of carry. They didn't that. need to do anything. Why why run out some trick plays or? Or you know, show your offense when you just need to. You just get out of there with the, the game was over in the second quarter. Trick plays. I didn't want trick plays. I didn't want them calling their best plays. <clears throat> I wanted their basic run of the mill plays to work better. I mean, Ference is vanilla as it gets, and this was like extra vanilla because there's no reason to do anything else. You don't need to. Right, but uh-huh. I, I'm not. I'm not. It's not the play calling I'm upset with. Eric. I think the play calling was fine for the most part. I honestly, it was fine. I'm saying that I wish the plays had been better. The fact that the plays, the set plays, the bread and butter, basic run-of-the-mill vanilla plays didn't work better give me cause for concern that the offense isn't going to be great. Because I don't, To me, this is just typical Iowa. Like They play to the defense. How many teams have looked this exact same way uh, over the years? They're, they're always the same setup, the same identity. Play, punt and play to your defense and you know, maybe get a score. Keep it close. That's that's how they always are. I'll see. So, all right. What time do you go first play? You're going to be able to – okay, you can watch both. Yeah. Early football game, first, yeah. Early and then late afternoon. So, all all football all day on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Um, well, hey, I wouldn't have it any other way. And the NFL starts, so we're, uh, we're cooking. Football season is going to be burning through it. All right. Well, I think that's all she wrote for this one. Boring Minnesota victory over the the Red Hawks. I think they Red Hawks. Yeah, I think that's right. And then Eric thinks Iowa's going to get the win over Iowa State because Iowa State's a clown school that could barely beat you and I. Got to take that Cy Hawk trophy. They're going to be overrated hacks. Those are direct quotes from Eric. I meanwhile, I'm I'm doom and gloom. I am predicting a loss. Also, not going to be too upset about it. I'm bracing for it. I think Iowa State's got a pretty great team and only accept the loss. All right, everybody, go Hawks.